Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to the GAA Hour with Darren O'Sullivan on Sports Joe. The final whistle is all over. Jim Gowan, Jason Sherlock embrace. Dublin are the history makers. Today, Sean Kavanagh, who is a brilliant footballer, but I tell you what, you can forget about Sean Kavanagh as far as he's a man. O'Sullivan, oh, that was absolutely brilliant. What about that for skill from Darren O'Sullivan? Give him a call. It's high, it's over! Will he ever get a more vital one than that? I know Joe done a person assassination of him this morning. It was not an assassination of him. We have, we have to it's look, critical. We have to look at the context. Shut from him, The transition talk, I think Joe Bradley told us the production line was finished in Kerry. Well, Joe Bradley, what do you think of that? Yeah! Hi there, you're very welcome along to the GR with me, Darren O'Sullivan. I'm absolutely delighted to be joining the team here at Sports Show. And with me today, my first two guests, former Donegal footballer, my Hell Week buddy, Emma McGee. Cheers, Darren. Last time we were uh, along with each other was in the back of a helicopter. This one will be a bit safer now, I'd say. I think so, I think so. And former Galway fullback and Ireland International Rules captain, Finian Hanley. How are you doing, Finian? Good, Darren. Thanks for having me. No bothers at all. So there was plenty of action on this weekend. Top of the table clashes, relegation battles. But I suppose there's only one place to start. It's the elephant in the room. It's the GA versus the GPA over travel expenses. Um, for me, personally, I think the GPA and the players are right to be trying to make a stand. I think they're being treated unfairly here. But I'm very curious to hear your own opinions on it. So I'll start with you, Eamon. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting one. And, and for me, it's it's fairly black and white because... and. F- probably you're in the same boat Darren that we know what it's like we've been there and you know for someone like Colm O'Rourke to just go out and you know be so blasé about it it's it's for me it's disrespectful to the players and disrespectful to to, to what they're putting in um, and as like we've talked about this off air it's black and white the agreement was in place so just go back to to, to go back to what was what was agreed yeah I think you're right there like the agreement was in place I don't think it's an argument about how many times teams train um, that's just going down a different argument altogether but Finian, I suppose like that the players kind of 
put in a silence the weekend and a few managers came out and spoke, which, to be fair, I'm, I'm not sure what their reasoning was for it. For me, it's a case of if your players aren't getting treated correctly, you you do a silence as well with him. So it's a bit strange. I see our own manager down in Kerry, Jack O'Connor, came out and saw the party Joyce. Um, I, I was a bit surprised and I was a bit disappointed with it. Yeah, it, it's it's a funny one, really, isn't it? Like it's uh, as you say, it's the elephant in the room. You know, I, I heard Tom Parsons last night on League Sunday saying that they were going to escalate things further. But I suppose for years we're we're talking about you know making a stand and stuff like that. Now I don't know how far they're going to go with this, but uh, as Eamon says, there it's you know look, it's black and white. You're dragging players, you know, from from one side of the county to the other, and uh, I know. You know, off air, we were talking about strength and conditioning coaches and stuff like that. And, you know, everyone is getting paid now in teams and stuff. So, and they, they have to merit their own, you know, their own jobs have to be merited as well. And, 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 you know, they're paid officials. Whereas I suppose the only people really that are, you know, in a setup that aren't getting paid for it is, is the players. And I get the amateurism and all that sort of stuff. And we don't want to move away from that. But, you know, it shouldn't like, and given the cost of petrol and diesel now and everything like that. Jesus, it's 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 simple, you know. Reimburse the players for any time they go training. Go after the county boards. Go after the management with regards to restricting training sessions. But again, they'll be breaking rules like these training brands again, and it'll be kind of, you know, it'll it'll just fall back to the way it was. So look, reimburse the players for for the time they put in. Whatever they have to go to, they should be paid for. Yeah, I think you're right. And like we said already, it was an agreement that was in place. It was put on hold, I suppose, while COVID was was around and we had restrictions in capacity going to games and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it was an agreement. COVID is it's not over, but we're living normal lives now and things should be back to normal like that. The GA did make a surplus as well throughout all this. And the players aren't looking for anything unusual. This, as we said, it was a range. And even when I started playing, it was three field sessions a week and two gym sessions a week. And like, it's it's never going to go back. People talk about amateurism. It's never like the genie's out of the bottle in terms of the expenses system is here. Mm-hmm. Players are getting a few pound. You know, maybe they can put a few of that in the pocket, but a majority of that is going towards travel expenses. And, and the talk also of the limiting the sessions, we couldn't, as it's going to be an honour system, so we're relying on people to be honest about this. We couldn't maintain that during a pandemic Mm. So what hope have we to maintain, keep it to three sessions, lads? And they'll all say, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just not going to happen. You have to make peace with that. Managers are going to maximise what they have and, you know, players shouldn't be out of pocket for that. No, and like, yeah. look, to be fair yeah. to Tom, he spoke really well. And Eamon, you mentioned it to me earlier as well, like and nowadays it's very hard for all these students who are, I think they're a big portion of the uh, inter-county scene. They can't get part-time jobs. They don't have time for them. So their only source, and it's not an income, it's an expense. Their only source of a few bob is to get expense for the travel and the cost of playing county football. And this argument of, oh, you should, it's a pleasure to play. Of course it is. We all love playing, but you shouldn't be out of pocket. And then comparing club and county, people are forgetting these county boys are club players as well. And they're the ones generating all the money. We want to see the highest quality of football we can see. And to do that nowadays, you have to train. You have to be in on the pitch and in the gym. Exactly. County players are in an elite bracket here. Um, and we can't compare county players to club players. And this this old argument, not club players are doing it. Um, fair play to them. They're, they're doing it and they're putting in a big effort. But these are elite players. And we'll be the same books. We'll be we'll be on this programme, you know, hopefully in, mm. in the future. And we'll be lambasting because 
they can't put the ball over the bar or, you know, they're not getting the kick out press. And this all takes time yeah. and this all takes preparation. So, you know, we can't, we can't have it both ways. No. Yeah, and the, and, and, and the thing, I suppose that like, you know, you had before, Eamon, you had before the training bands, the nonsense of training bands and you could only go back at a certain time. I know when I was playing, I saw bigger itineraries around the time the training band was supposed to be in. And like, you're not allowed back until the 8th of December. Sure, October was flooded with gym sessions and this, that and the other. It was the biggest pile of nonsense and no one was reprimanded. Everyone knew everyone was training, but it was just really like it was it was just throwing something out there for the sake of it. So as you say, it's not going to, it's not going to go back or get in. Like teams are training now before the all Ireland final is played. Uh, well, well, they were back in August and September, back mm-hmm. when it was in September. So like, it's not going to change. It's only going to get more and more and more. I know they're trying to keep away from semi-professionalism and stuff like that, but Jesus, this is a small thing to, to reimburse a lad for, 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 for going to somewhere he, he, he has to go to. And it's easy to say, sure. Look, if you don't want to play head off, but sure. Who will we be left with then, you know? That, that's such a great point. Like uh, this whole, you make a decision to play. Of course we do. But you want to see the best players playing the high profile games. And like we've said, it would be blue in the face. We could we could spend a whole show talking about this. But to be competing at the highest level, you have to be doing that bit extra. And that's what it's about. And like we said before, we could be going over and over. This was an agreement put in place that was changed for covid and we're back to normal times and the players should be respected enough. Like Eamon, mean, you said there, we're going to be on this show talking about them, um, good or bad, or saying they should do this, they shouldn't do that. It's high pressure. These these lads are putting themselves out there and you'd say it's a choice, but they're putting themselves out there for, for our enjoyment. Do you know, we're getting to watch them week in, week out. And we want to see, I do anyway, I want to see them play into the best of their abilities. And to do that, you have to be on the pitch training hard, you have to be in the gym training hard. And that's all these players want to do. And I agree 100%. I want the club game and the county game to nearly be two different things. The club game is more about, you know, that amateurism and what, you know, what the majority of the GA is about. But I also want a window for the elite system, that elite player. And like when I want to watch Donegal, I want them to be able to do the best that they're they're able to do. And, you know, that's, that, as I said earlier on, that takes time and it takes prep. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that that that's that's just just on that point, Damon. I think that's a good point, and I think you know I'm involved with my own club there as well, and I worry for the club game because it's becoming copy in the county yeah. game, and you've got lesser players, as in lesser players with lesser ability, you know, and and it's becoming more more processed, and I I really hope the club game stays and try stays a bit more. Well, fun or I, I don't know what the word is but a bit more off the cuff and a bit more kind of you turn up seven o'clock on a Tuesday evening and you're gone at eight you know you're not turning up at half five to go prep and you know it shouldn't be the way at, at club level it's a different level do you know what I mean and I know look the club game is 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 great and I think it's great because it's, it was great because it's a bit more off the cuff but I wouldn't like to see it start going if you get you know, me started on this Finian I, I could be here for the next hour about <laughs> you know what they're expecting the club players so yeah, yeah, big time, and I'd say we're all in the same boat. Like Jesus, turn up at seven, have the training session, and, and look, you know, we fall into the trap because we have to be doing what in Galway, you know, you know, Curve Finn have set the mold, and you know, a professional outfit, and obviously in your own counties as well. But like Christ above, Jesus, let the boys have a few pints and enjoy it, and let it be what it was, you know, when we started playing. Yeah, well, look, lads, <laughs> you're you're lucky enough that if my club trainer. Club or training at seven, I do have to be there around half five because I'm as stiff as a board. It takes me ages to warm up nowadays. The body's broken. But 
Like and you're it, the problem there, and I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> you're setting the tone for the club players, bringing in all the the old Kerry setups you're involved in. I'm the issue in the club with all the bands and stuff to keep me put together. But um, like I think, Eamon, you're right with the semi-professional. Um, look, look, it's an argument we could say, but GA is everything is professional and everything everything but name at the moment. Do you know? The at like the, the the athletes we have playing the game now are phenomenal. Like, yeah, you, you know the the semi professional argument. We we have to protect the G. I'm I'm really really uh, passionate about that and feel strongly that we have to protect it from becoming full time profession professional. But with maybe it's an option, and I'm not advocating it, but I'm just saying the option is there. That is it a possibility to say right, J players go semi pro, and remove the expenses system that's there because. You know, I laugh back back in the my early days with the county. There was a few boys around the squad that there was. Don't name names. No, I can't <laughs> name names. I can't name. How do I phrase this without uh, hanging them, man? Um, but the males were extra that wee bit extra long now, and might have been going the long way of the training. And uh, what you're so, saying, what you're saying, Eamon, is Neil had bigger mileage coming from the same house. Is that it? Yeah, they couldn't work out <laughs> where the two McGees were coming from. <laughs> Uh, no, it wasn't us. Now, in fairness, we're too too honest. Um, but now there was a few boys that would have milked it. Um, but just go back to the semi-professional thing. It's it's an option on the table. Do we go down it for you know four or five months of the year where county boards paid? There's a fund there, and the expenses system, which is a costly thing on the GA and the county boards, remove it and just say this is this is your total for for the week while we prepare. Yeah, look, I suppose it, it's it's one of the arguments that. The, the more developed the game is getting, the bigger it's getting, the more popular it's getting, you, you're risking going down that. And it, do you know what? You could bring in 100 people in here and 50 will go one way and 50 will go the other way. I don't think you'll ever get full agreement on it. Um, but like that, what we're saying is the game is going that way. The players actually physically, mentally can't give any more than they're given at the moment. And I don't know, we'll... Would semi semi professional be sustainable financially, or let's say if you have a good career, you've got your degree, is it worth your while to be going down it? But it is an argument that we'll have to have sooner or later because that's just the way the game is going. But I suppose with everything going on, we actually forgot that there was a couple of high profile matches on as well. Do we? Yeah, we'll need to we'll need to nut the nut the games, chat about the games here. Top of the table clashes, relegation battles. Um, but I suppose we'll start close to home for me. We'll start with Kerry Ostensack Park against Mayo. Um, Kerry came out just on top um, but I think it was a game that both teams would have wanted Finian I'm going to go to you because obviously Galway will be keeping an eye on Mayo and you'll be checking it out um, you had Clifford inside Oshin Mullen marking him couldn't hold him but I actually think Tony Bradson might be the trump card for Kerry this year but from a Galway point of view watching Mayo what you make of it? Yeah I think to be honest Aaron I think Mayo are going very well uh, I think we'd all agree they've um, you know they've really put put you know impetus on the on the league this year and over the last couple of years they've been kind of a bit flaky in the league kind of hanging in there winning last minute battles to stay up and all that sort of stuff but certainly over the last two years and particularly this year like they're they've they've a very good panel now I think they've you know on, on Saturday night whilst I thought the game was you know it wasn't it was intriguing it wasn't a great spectacle obviously the conditions were poor but um, you know, like you had two inside men, which was great to see. Which you know, it was positive from a spectator's point of view that you had Clifford, obviously, and Brosnan, and up the other side you had Ryan O'Donoghue, who was who I thought was excellent. Uh, you know, winning winning the first time ball is is serious. 
Um, I, I, I think Mayo are strong. I think the difference at the minute between Mayo and Galway is Galway's opposition. The, the teams they're playing, Division 2, I would say, is a little bit on the weaker side. And, you know, when you're coming in to play against Mayo, who are going to Tyrone, going to Kerry, you know, and really, really, you know, to the pin of their collar in all these games against the top teams, that, you know, you don't want to be going in there cold. You need you need some some tough games. But uh, I thought it was tight. I actually thought Mayo were going to win it in the end. I thought they were a little bit better, you know, coming down the stretch and their their use of the ball was was, was very clever. But look, Kerry up front, I think... From a from a, I think we're getting into a front three kind of idea in the GAA like we have in soccer. You know, in Liverpool we had Firmino, um, Salah, Mane. You know, you've Neymar and the lads at PSG and stuff. I think you know Brosnan, Ganey, Clifford. You know what Mayo could have? They could have O'Connor, Conroy if he was fit, and and Ryan O'Donoghue. Like, and then everyone else then is falling off. So it's intriguing to see all these kind of front trees. You know, Highland and and and, and Flynn up and Kildare and, and and things like that. So. You know, I think you've got some really, really good forwards and, and, and hopefully we'll we'll be able to see that in the drier conditions. But, you know, carry full value, you know, for where they are because of the panel they have. And obviously Jack O'Connor has made a huge difference. Yeah, I think so. And I like you said there about the the options may or have their squad looks really strong at the moment. They've added a good bit of pace and someone who I actually thought was a bit quieter um the weekend, Dermot O'Connor, he was doing step overs there, so you showed the confidence. But for me, he was playing so well on the 40. I think it's a bit strange to move him from there. But from a Kerry point of view, I think they needed that tough game. I think they wanted it. I think the fact that Mayo pulled them back late on and they managed to edge in front again, That I think Jack would be absolutely delighted with that. And for, for me personally, it's the same argument with Kerry every year. It's about the backs. Are they strong enough? It's the same players, but Jack seems to have him wanting to defend now, wanting to wanting to get back and get tackles in, which was pleasing from a Kerry point of view. And Eamon, you would have played in a very strong defensive team with Donegal. How how are you show, how are you seeing it? Yeah, I'm 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 liking what I'm seeing and you know that was the argument over Kerry. could they they were always going to score with the quality they have, but could they, you know, hold them out at the other end? And, you know, they're heading in the right direction. I thought, you know, when Buckley was involved the first year, I think was it twenty nineteen? Mm-hmm. And and they lost Buckley. They they lost a bit of momentum in that direction. Um, but they're heading like they're becoming tougher to score against. I'm not saying they're anywhere near perfect, but they're no. becoming tougher to score against, and they're they're always going to hurt teams going the other way. And it's, it's interesting to listen to Jack O'Connor's um, post match interview where he talked about he was looking to see that response, and you know he knew Mayo were going to take them to that place, and I think that's because he knows he's not going to get it in the monster champion. So he needs to see can the squad answer? Do they have the answers? It happened in the semi-final against Tyrone where they got into a hole and they just couldn't get out of it. And Jack O'Connor needs to know, do, do these boys, are they able to respond? Yeah, I think so. And I, look, it's, a, it's been an age-old argument that Kerry can't deal with runners. But to be fair, I don't think there's many teams at the moment their defenders can deal one-on-one and with runners. So, look, I think Kerry brought in Paddy Talley. He seems to be doing a good job. And most of Jack's interviews have been emphasising the improvement in defence. And what he wants is players that are putting their bodies on the line and willing to double and treble up in a man. And Finian, you mentioned it there about the the playing as three forwards. Kerry, actually, they are doing that now, but they're doing the four. Obviously, Shawnee wasn't there the last day, but you're going to have Shawnee, Shea, you're going to have Paddy Clifford, who we'll talk about later because he missed an awful free. I wouldn't even miss that. Um, Paddy Clifford. (laughs) (laughs) David Clifford. And probably one other, and you've probably Paul Ganey, Killian Spillane and Tony Brosnan fighting for that one position. I have a feeling Tony, it could be his year to, to come on. He could be Kerry's trump card because genuinely, there's no better kicker 
over the last couple of years in county championship football with Kerry and you mentioned Ryan O'Donoghue as well Finian and he provided great leadership up there and you add him into the mix when Killian O'Connor hopefully gets back and Mayo are going to be challenging and like we all know that they're all heart and pride but they seem to have a bit more quality there so I think it'd be interesting and in fairness Finian like you're on about Galway they're top scorers in Division 2 they're conceding quite a bit as well they are, yeah, um, yeah. Look, it's 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 you know obviously Porik is is his emphasis is on you know going forward as best they can. Now, Keen O'Neill is up there this year. I suppose similar to what Kerry have done with Paddy Talley, trying to you know bolster the tackling and defense the defensive system. I think you know they have improved this year defensively, but look when you're when you're when you're when you're go for like a lot of their backs are, are are attacking players you know John Daly you know Carl Sweeney from my own club they're all real attack minded even even the full back line you know Liam Silk you know they're all they're all going up the pitch so they're putting up big scores um obviously you'll meet different opposition um but but look there's 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 a lot of quality in Galway as well and and I think you know when it comes to Galway Mayo anything can happen but um, I, look, Ryan O'Donoghue is is a huge find for Mayo. He's like like winning your own ball or winning the first time ball. You know, he 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 can win it anyway, and that's 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 key, particularly in this time of year with conditions poor. So, like he he's a huge find. It's it's obviously a pity for Mayo that Tommy Conroy is out. Another guy who's who's brilliant at winning winning, winning first time ball. So, you know, you know, Mayo seemed to have unearthed a few. Aiden Norm kicked a good score the last night um, against the wind as well. So. Look, it's 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 intriguing coming into April, um, you know, and and the last couple of league games in Division One are going are 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 going to be huge as well. So look, it's it's exciting. It's just a pity we don't have games like Saturday night in in July. Yeah, you you hit the nail on the head there. It's a pity now that we're not getting games like that in the better conditions. But I suppose going from top of the table to the bottom of the table, we had. Um, I thought my first show would be relegating Dublin, but uh, the real Dublin stood up in the first half um, against Tyrone, and Tyrone looked like they have a couple of in issues going on at the moment they just don't seem to be hitting the ground at all and Hamsey's red card it was a silly it's, it's it was silly you know and probably his club mate should have uh, McKernan should have got a red too it was it was a needless tackle on, on Fenton and, and a dirty tackle too yeah. at that um, so I, I felt he should have got red but for Hamsey there was nothing really to it but he should know better because when you're in that yellow and you know we you might not know much about, but me and Hanley know a lot about this. When you're in that yellow, you've got to keep the bib squeaky I'm, clean. Then. I'm normally the Carmen Costello in this. Yes, yes, you're the victim all the time. Um, yeah. And and he just played in, played in the dub's hands by doing it. And we've all been there where nothing's going right. There's frustration and you just, that we that we lash out. Um, and again, he just put it, put it on the pressure on Tyrone. And that first half from, from Dublin, that was a kind of a sound out to everybody that, we haven't gone away, you know, because we'd all written the obituaries and Dublin were finished. And the second half, there was definitely a dip, you know, they, they struggled at patches. But that first half, there was a lot of what they do and the way they went about it, mm. the way they moved the ball and their mentality and the way they tracked back. That was the Dublin. All right. It's it's still a long way from what the, from their prime, but it was the Dublin of old. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there as well. Like it was their transition, like something I thought was lacking for me they were always the best scramble defence mm-hmm. out of all teams and they did the simple things right continuously and against Tyrone was the first time I actually seen them do that scramble defence where they were getting two and three bodies round getting the turnover and transitioning at pace and like that I suppose the game again the last day Fenton and Kilkenny were standouts again and they've been the leading lights and a few more players are back from Finney in the weekend they had a bit more 
have a usual Dublin look to them and like we mentioned there their defensive structure was better their pace was better just their basic skills yeah, they, they they were they were definitely. I suppose they look they they Cormac Costello, Robbie McDade, kind of more familiar names back again. But look, they're not going back to Bernard Brogan and Philly McMahon. Those days are gone. They you know what we know of Dublin is they unearthed a few every year. They haven't done that in the last year or two. You know, Kieran Archer was with the under twenties. He was he hasn't seemed to feature and things like that. You know what I mean? So they're not bringing the players through that that they had. Now, who knows what's coming in Dublin, you know, behind these, the 16s and 70s. There could be another Conor Callahan, There could be another Kieran Kilkenny, another 10 of them. So, like, I wouldn't be writing obituaries at all. I think, you know, let's let's kind of uh, uh, try and see a few other teams get, get, get to the top before these boys. Because they will be back. Look, Dublin, given the numbers, you know, and, and everything like that, they will be back. But the likes of Fenton and Kilkenny, like these are generational footballers, you know, some of the greatest of all time. And, you know, going up to Tyrone, how they have the hunger to keep, you know, driving and keep going and all, you know, it's, it's, it's we know ourselves, we've played and, and like these guys have won everything, that, you know, and, and to go six years and win All-Irelands every year, there's going to be a blip. There's going to be a, you know, mentally, it's very hard to sustain because, you just can't stay at that level unless you've got players coming behind you, driving you on. And maybe they haven't had it in the last year or two, but I've no doubt Look, Dublin will be featuring in the summer again. There's, there's no two ways about it. No, I think you're right. they would definitely be competing. They're going nowhere. But you mentioned one player there, Conor Callan. I think the distraction of, is he available this week? Is he mm-hmm. coming back? Are the hurlers getting on to him? For me, it's strange that they haven't nipped it in the bud. Look, he's... Got whatever injury, he'll be back in two weeks, three weeks, you know. And it was the same last year in the, coming up to the championship with um, Stephen Cluxon. Is he coming back? Isn't sometimes you just have to nip these things in the bud and get it over and done with it. And it just it creates a, a strange sense around the Dublin squad at the moment. So. You know, the, the Stephen Cluxon thing uh, from the outside looking in just annoyed me because mm. you just deal with it and move on instead of hanging. And I thought, you know. Cluxon did the team no favour, and like he's been brilliant. He's transformed the game, and you know. Blah blah blah. He's yeah. he's the best. We're not saying that anything, but but we, what we are saying is that he didn't do his team any favors here. No, and it became more about Stephen Clucks than it came about Dublin. For I felt sorry for Desi yeah. at times and and the way he went about it. And you just don't want to see another distraction at times because Desi the last few few months or for a few weeks, sorry, the back's been to the wall and he needs all the help he can get there. Yeah, I suppose from a Tyrone point of view, we've kind of mentioned they look off the boy. Look, they're laid back from holidays. They don't look fit as they normally are. There's a few players, they look sluggish, they're making silly decisions, which is all down to fatigue mm-hmm. most of the time. But I suppose the positive of the weekend was uh, Niall Morgan. He came out for a ball, there, I think it was fifth or sixth minute, caught it up high and it was one area of the game where I actually thought he was always lacking, but it was brilliant. And he's kicking the game onto a new level. Maybe he's the new Stephen Cluxton. He, he's a different type of player because he can provide that cover. Um, you know, when, when you're playing out the field and you look inside, you're looking for movement, you're looking for space, but if you have a big Neil Morgan sitting in that pocket of space, then you hold on to the ball, be it a second, and he just, it's a great kind of safety blanket. You know, again, go back to it, I love the sweepers back in the day. You couldn't have enough sweepers in front of me. I hated space. <laughs> and, you know, N- Neil Morgan in there, just another sweeper that suited me perfectly. I know you hated space. Every time we played against you, I could never get you one-on-one. <laughs> But uh, I wouldn't have been marking you. You were just too far. I was marking the big man Donahue all the time. He's just a big awkward fella. <laughs> Keep it handy. Yes. But we're going to skip on now straight to your old boys, Donegal and Monaghan. Um, the reason I'm going straight to them, obviously, is 
you have Kieran Duffy there kicking two points from full back, and I don't think I've seen the two of you kick two points between you in your whole careers. But I think I kicked two points in my career. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, fellas like that, the, the full backs are bringing the game to a new level. But Monaghan, it was a big win. Donegal for me, there was a couple of years ago there, I thought this Donegal team are coming back strong, and they just seem like they're too hot and cold at the moment. Big win. And then a disp- disappointing loss. And obviously I know there are down bodies, but even the difference, just so reliant on Michael Murphy. Like he's just phenomenal. Yeah, it's, listen, it's again, I kind of tired uh, listening to that about the Michael Murphy thing, but it's, the evidence is there that we're very, we're still very reliant on him. Um, Michael Langan is stepping up and what what frustrates me a wee bit is, as I know the lads that are coming behind him, mm. I know the Kieran Thompsons, I, I know the Patter Mogans and, and these type of, and I know them personally and I know that they can step up and bridge that gap that Mike, Michael's is up there, he's leading, Langan has stepped up, uh, Patton at times has stepped up and there's just too much of a gap from, you know, they need to start taking that leadership role, they need to start t- that from playing and from the person personality wise because when Michael went on yesterday, the whole thing, you know, they got a lift from it and that shouldn't be that way. The boys are about long enough that they shouldn't have to look for Michael. Yeah, well, that's a good point. Like, it does seem like that everyone's performance raises once he steps onto the field, which is, look, it's a credit to Michael and his leadership. He's been captain since he was 21 or two. He is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But he, we talk about one, generational players. Michael Murphy is that generational player. You mentioned Patton there. He had a couple of great saves yesterday, kept... Donegal in the game but I suppose Finian from a Monaghan point of view they really do cherish their Division 1 status they work like dogs and like they had a very disappointing game against Kerry but they looked like a team on a mission from the first moment of the game the ball was thrown in yesterday Yeah they did and in fairness to Monaghan over the last number of years they've been you know the people say they've been punching above their weight but there's some serious footballers in Monaghan and, and I actually like Monaghan this year I think they're coming good at, at 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 the right time. They found, you know, they found some players. Obviously Connor McManus is still out there battling in the league. Yeah. Um, you know, he's he he's putting his his boots on, you know, early in the in the season this year as well. So they're 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 pitching for something. Obviously I know it's their title this year again. I think they're well capable of winning one too because, you know, they're very well coached, Monaghan. Uh, I know Liam Sheedy is Liam Sheedy up there this year. Yeah, doing a bit with you know uh, I don't know on what side, but I suppose you're bringing in experience like that. So obviously, Banty is Donny Buckley up there too, and Donny Buckley as well. So like, look, they're 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 very well coached. And going forward, you know they've they've a, a pattern of play. You know they 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 keep width and they're coming in off the sidelines, and there's a lot of movement when they're trying to break down opposition defenses and stuff like that. So you know, and then obviously they're 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 good at defending themselves. Like a few of the old stalwarts were. To the four there on on, on on Sunday, you know, Kieran and Darren Hughes, you know, a few of the guys, you know, McInesby, these guys who are have been have been driving them. But look, you know, they've you know, a long haired buck there at full forward who seemed uh, uh I forget his name now, but he was uh, Gary Mohan. Yeah, yeah, with the mullet. He uh he looked like he's a, a another player. Obviously Connor McCarthy can, you know, has he excelled yet? He could be coming really good because he's a fine player as well. So, look, they're 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 well coached, and they're I think they're well capable of putting it up to anyone in Ulster this year. 
yeah I think you're right there and to be fair they've always been one of my favourite teams the last number of years um, just the way they play and obviously Seamus McEnany I just think he's he's an infectious he's character crack, like yeah. he, he's a great character for a GA I just he's a manager you'd like to play under you just think he's just so much energy and drive and passion for Monaghan it's unreal is that an argument to get that you should get a banty cam just watch yeah. him and watch his reactions and the passion and the uh, how animated he gets um, because that's what he just loves Monaghan and he just wants Monaghan to do well um, and he, he's he's a character yeah I think you're right there and I suppose the last game then of the of the Division 1 campaign the weekend was Armagh Kildare conditions again like you mentioned earlier Finian it's just a pity we're not getting these games in June and July when the when the ground is hard and stuff and Armagh, Armagh came out on top um, really impressive performance like McGinney's building a team there that looks like the team he would have played in from a Kildare point of view I feel for them I feel they're just really close to getting an extra couple of points and they're in a relegation battle now but they could easily have had a lot more points on the board they could and Division 1 there's no sympathy there like we, we all feel for them and they've got good people involved again good Kildare people uh, who want Kildare to do well but you've just got to it's cutthroat you've just got to f- make these results happen get the points whatever way you go about it with McGinney you know it's interesting because himself Jack O'Connor James Horn they seem to be going all out for the league Hope the momentum gets them, carries into the championship, does, gets whatever they do in the championship now. So it's interesting to see how it, how it works out. Normally, you see these teams peter out a wee bit, mm. but because of the condensed format of the, the fixtures and condensed format of the, the calendar, then, you know, there, there might be a lot to be said for having that 100 mile an hour start and just hope it keeps with you. Yeah, exactly. And Finian, you'd know Kieran Donaghy well. You'd be good buddies. You'd have played with each other, played against each other numerous times as well. And can you see a small bit of the Kieran Donaghy effect? I think Armagh using the direct ball really well, long diagonal ball. Obviously, we know the dangerous players they have inside, but it looks like he's having a good effect on him. Yeah, it, it does. Yeah, I think up front particularly, he's mixing the, I suppose, his basketball knowledge with with uh, his his own football in days where you know. Tom O'Shea used to put in really, really good long diagonal ball, you know, I, at the I, right time. I put in a few as well, but come on. <laughs> you did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yours were over the corner, like corner flag side, but it was, <laughs> it, 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 no, he's, he's definitely, look, he's, he, he's, he's a clever, clever football guy, Kieran, in fairness to him, he knows, he, he loves it. He's a student of, of the game, as I, as I say, but he's, uh, you can kind of see just their movement and the way they get the ball forward quickly to, to certain parts of the pitch and and everyone knows what's happening so like it's very clear um he he, he he's got clear direction he's given clear direction and it's a good mix himself and McGinney obviously McGinney is very experienced as well so look they're 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 improving big time they're um they, you know obviously they've got you know top players Reno O'Neill and Grugan and the guys those guys there as well so um it's great to see Armagh back kind of at the top because you know they're a county you know They've, they've a lot of tradition there, you know. They've had some fantastic, brilliant players over the years. So, like, it's you know, and I know Eamon mightn't say it's it's not great to see another. No, it's not another, <laughs> easy on there. Easy on. Yeah, you'd want to see them down a bit, but uh, no, look, they're they're they they've they've they're playing real good flamboyant football. They're great to watch. I think yeah. they're, they're super to watch. And if you were sitting down to watch a team on a Sunday, now that they they'd be the team because of 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 the way they're playing. But Donny's definitely got a huge influence, and Reno Neal will learn a lot from him. It looks like he is already. Yeah, so interesting what what Donny. I, I met him like, and you you'd know yeah. him far far better now. But I met him, and you know, within twenty minutes, I said like you could see that he was so knowledgeable about the coaching aspects of the game. And I had Donny in a kind of 
box, right? This is this is him, mm. and I was kind of blown away because he was on about these different coaching terms and you know analysis of the game, and I was like, geez, I never put you in this box at all. Donny is the most infectious character you'll ever meet, and when it comes to sport, he he just soaks it in like, mm-hmm. and he loves it. And the thing about Kieran is, he loves people, and he actually likes making people better, so he loves helping and just passing on yeah, knowledge. Yeah. Um, but no, like like I said, he's infectious, and I can imagine him around the training with Armagh just passing on little nuggets here and there that, and being happy to see the fruition from that. But I think it's going to be interesting the next couple of, next couple of weeks to see who actually drives on, who actually wants to get to a league final once they're safe. For me, Kerry need to get to a league final. They need the extra game mm-hmm. because they have a good couple of weeks before they play Cork, who, as we've seen, are not at the races at all. For the likes of Armagh, they have done it all. Maybe they don't need the league final. Maybe they need a couple of weeks of training to prep. But if I'm our man, I'm going, geez, you have a chance to get to a national league final. It's a national medal. Like some teams don't appreciate as much. It's a big medal. And look, you know better than me leading into an Ulster championship. Would it give you an edge, you know, going in full of confidence? Maybe I'm Donegal wishy-washy a bit. Maybe that's a bit harsh in the league. If our man were to go on and get to a league final, maybe even win it, would there be a bit of doubt creeping into Donegal? I, th- I think in terms of, like, the one thing I'll never, I have the Ulster Championships, I have the All-Ireland medal, but if anybody forgets the league medal in my CV, I'll be quick to remind <laughs> them that, you know, I, I have a league medal there. And it is, it is a nationalist, an All-Ireland title. You've played against the top teams in Division 1. And if Armagh if have the opportunity, they should push for it. And like we said, Division 1 is... As strong Cultural. as it's been, ever been, like I, I can't remember it ever being this strong. Like we said, Kildare are playing some great stuff, and they're in a relegation fight here. When in another year they could be pushing for the league final themselves, and look, I suppose you could be talking about Division One all the time. Um, there's so much going on at the moment. I'm going to go to the Ulster Championship again, and I'm going to stick with you, Emma, for this, and I'll come to you, Finian, after Antrim and Cavan, Corrigan Park or nowhere. Where are you standing on it? Oh, I'm pro Antrim here. Corrigan Park, it is. Uh, I, I think, um, again, for me, it's a black and white issue. Corrigan Park is their home ground. Play the game in Corrigan Park, and it's as simple as that. You can argue the financial aspects of it, or, you know, Cavan will say they'll take so many supporters or, or whatever, but the fact is, Antrim is their home ground. Deal with it. And, mm. and I think, you know, my reading of the situation, I could be totally wrong here. Is it's a bit of a it's a bit of a stroke being pulled by you know, Cavan are playing in Division Four. Antrim are on a crest of a wave, Top Division they, Three. Yeah, and they want to take any advantage they, they get. And for me, if I'm a Cavan delegate and I'm taking that to, you know, to Ulster and say we want the game played somewhere else that can host a larger capacity, I'd be nearly embarrassed to be honest mm. with you. I get the aspect where it's coming from the players or coming from the, from the Cavan football team because of the advantage, but anything else, you know, I'm embarrassed to be taking that to Ulster Council. Yeah, I think I'd be the same. What What's your reckon, Finian? What's your no, thoughts on it? I agree with Eamon, yeah, definitely. I think it's, you know, look, let them let them have the game. You know, it's it, it's it goes back to, like, uh, as you said, with regards to the FA Cup and stuff like that, mm. you know, like, take take it away from... Salford are playing Man City and 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 they can't play. In, you know what I mean? Like it's yes. just look, it'd be great atmosphere up there, and it'll be just you know Antrim football needs that lift. It it needs you know it like 
look, they've got the second biggest population in, in, in the country. Like, we need Antrim football back up and running. I know everyone wants to see it back doing well as well. So whatever lift they need or, or, or they want or whatever help that they they can get. And this is obviously a big deal to them. So, look, I hope they make a stance and I hope, I hope, I hope they get it over the line. Yeah, well, as far as I know, they've moved it to a neutral venue, which I personally, I agree with both of you. I think, what's the point of a home and away draw if it's only going to count if you have a, such a capacity of over a certain amount or whatever? And like that, it always comes down to, it always comes down cha-ching. to the, to the And it's disappointed yeah. that the other counties, the likes of Donegal and, you know, other counties didn't back up. They rode in behind the, the financial arguments, which is really, really disappointing because Donegal advocated for taking the game the game's out of Crow Park in the Dublin, know that mm. whole Ferrari over Dublin playing in Crow Park. Donegal put a motion that says they should be playing in a neutral venue. So to see them then not back up Antrim is is really disappointing. But mm-hmm. hopefully, if I'm Antrim, and you know, it's got to be called out, Enda McGinley is doing amazing mm-hmm. work. And they need this game to be yeah. played in Corrigan Park, and they make an issue of that. And they go, they eyeball the Ulster Council. I think they'll come out on top. Yeah, yeah well, hopefully no, because I think look, we're both in agree. Three of us are in agreement about it that it's unfair. And look, hopefully, um, they'll get over the line. And if not, I hope they come out on top of that championship game because to be an awful kick in the kick in the stomach for Kevin to be making such a fuss over it and then not go over and get the job done. I think so. I think we'll all be wearing the anthem jersey that day now. <laughs> yeah. And Finian, there was a card fest down in Hyde Park over the weekend. Ross Common and um, Derry. I think it was 18 cards in total, 14 yellow, two blacks and two reds. One very, very, very harsh one for Shane McGuigan, who was rightly feeling very aggrieved. Yeah, it was. It was... Um interesting game I suppose look you know teams are trying to get a bit of needle like teams are sometimes you know seen as being too soft and you know we need to up you know that element the dark arts and stuff like that to to get really you know to get up with the top teams or whatever so it looks like Derry and and Roscommon are really trying to uh, get 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 in teams' faces and and be a bit more aggressive and uh, and we saw that on, on 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 Sunday I think like there was a lot of cards but there was a lot of off the ball and slowing the game down and stuff like that. Look, it's not great to watch, but I think it's it's something that particularly in the forwards, you know, teams are trying to slow the game down so that they can set up defensively. But look, that 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 red card from McGuigan was was absolutely ludicrous. You know, like he was being absolutely mauled to the ground. Um, it was kind of strange. After they kind of went hugging, I wasn't sure were they going hugging or or what what they were going doing. But uh, he certainly didn't deserve. You know, the, the, no. the instigator is the back. Sure, he's running up the pitch. He's 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 trying to get up to 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 get the winning score. So look, it was it was it was a ludicrous call in my eyes. But uh, two teams going really well, and you know Galway have to play the two of them yet. So there's an intriguing end uh, to Division Two for the top three teams. Yeah, and like you said, Galway have to play the two of them. And do you know what? It's probably great for Galway leading into the Mayo game that they will be playing two of the strongest opposition in Division 2 going into that, which will be a help. They're obviously a 100% record at the moment. They're top scorers. So, Parag Joyce and his team above are getting a lot right. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think you're right. It's go- like going to going to the hide and going up to like Derry. You could be playing Derry up in, in Ishone or whatever it is. So, it's, it's you know, two, two really tough games, which is great because they've had kind of played a lot of the weaker sides, you know, up to, up to mm-hmm. now. But they're, they're two... You know, games of pressure really because 
Galway want to be in Division One. They need to be in Division One. So, you know, you need to be, you know, full full press for those two for those two games because, you know, we need to get a point. I think will 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 get us up and uh, back to where we, we we want to be. Um, I think Park will will be happy with the way the league has gone. You know, we're in with a chance, and they're you know they're kind of championship games before the championship, which is great. Yeah. And Derry are flying it so. Of Derry and Derry is always difficult, but you know this year particularly because they've got they've improved big time under under Rory Gallagher. I know him and would know Rory well, and he seemed to, yeah. you know, he's mixing the defensive side with the attack. and And Shane McGuigan is one of the the best forwards in the country at the minute. So tough games, but I think we have enough to to, to definitely get up. Yeah, and I, I think, think you need to go back to how ridiculous the call that Shane McGuigan thing was. It cost him the game because he would he would have kicked that over. And it, it just shows you, like, because we've we've all been part of teams where, you know, corner forward sitting in the yellow mm-hmm. car, target him, get him involved in a, a wee scuffle, he'll pick up a second, he's gone. But McGuigan did everything, This he put the hands up and he, he did everything right in terms of, you know, there was common man's engaged with him, he was wrestling, and McGuigan was just showing everybody. Yeah. And he still picked up that uh, second yellow and it's incredibly frustrating. Oh, it is, and it just shows a lack of cop on by the referees and the officials. Um because, like you said, it was very obvious he was trying to avoid getting involved in anything while he was on the ground. And, you know, what does frustrate. And you could see the frustration in Shane McGuigan coming off the field. Um, you know, you do everything right. You try and avoid all this stuff and you get dragged into it. And But I, but I think it's not even a, a cop-out. I think there's just so much pressure on officials now. Safe option, two yellows. Yeah. And it's so frustrating. Say if, um, if you know, you're a corner forward and you, that happens. Yeah, like Clifford, the same thing yeah. happened to Clifford. Yeah. Uh, so two years ago against Tyrone, up, up, up yeah. in Tyrone, um, three years ago maybe, and it's common know. now. It's it's happening all the time. Like you said, you do target the forward, but in that instance, you you have to think: why would the forward who's trying to get up into the attack be mm-hmm. joining an altercation with the back? But I suppose from a Derry point of view, the fans must be loving it up there at the moment. People must be loving Rory Gallagher. Um, they're doing really well like that. They're pushing for promotion. Finney, you said it there earlier. Galway need to be in Division 1. And it's the same with the likes of Derry. If they want to kick on, you need to be in Division 1. You need to be competing against the best teams. And But I suppose there is one person who doesn't who doesn't like Rory Galler very much, and that was Joe Brawley moaning about him again. Joe Brawley moaning. Um, unusual. It's, it's unusual. Now, listen, it's very hard to separate the... The real Joe Brawley from the persona Joe Brawley has created as part of this whole media because, you know, I know a lot of people disagree. Joe Brawley is a decent skin somewhere. Mm-hmm. There's a decent skin under there <laughs> when he comes out to all this all this nonsense. And uh, a lot of it is nonsense and a lot of mm-hmm. it is like playing to the playing to the gallery. Um, so there's an awful lot of stuff that I wouldn't take too seriously mm-hmm. with Joe. But he does cross the line. He does cross some of the stuff. He said something about Donegal. Um, few weeks ago when they, when they lost the game I think he questioned you know their bottlers or their their quitters was the word mm. and it was so uncalled for like but that's that's exactly what it is it's uncalled for like and these are the same players that we're saying shouldn't be getting expenses yet you're able to criticise them openly like calling people bottlers whatever and that's what county players are doing they're putting themselves out there do you know we're going back to that argument again about expenses but look I think he says a lot of stuff he does, and, and he, he talks a lot about you know, you know, what the GA about values and the ethos, and you know, do we call people quitters and go back to his famous uh, mm. Sean Kavanagh rant um, yeah. on national TV? You know, having a go, it's just nonsense. And you know, again, emphasize there's a decent skin yeah. somewhere in there. There's a good lad. 
And I'm going to stick with Division 2 for now. And I suppose another game that caught my eye the weekend was Mead and Cork. Um, it was a big win for Mead. Just, but for me, I'm looking at Cork and Cork had just gone so poor at the moment. And I suppose we kind of mentioned it beforehand. There was to 10 or 15 years ago, the GA said that the GA needs Dublin. I think the GA needs Cork because at the moment, Cork football is at a low ebb. I do think Keith Ricken will get it right there eventually. Mm-hmm. But I think Cullum Cooper mentioned it on the, the league Sunday last night that it's a three-year plan. I, I'd be going as far as saying it's five five-year plan, but it's it's worrying. They were just so poor again yesterday. Uh, you know, we we mentioned Antrim, Derry, um, Antrim, Derry, and Cork are three because we've had the blue wave in Dublin. Mm. Are three areas that you know the J need their population centres, their big. Uh, they're big urban areas and they need something done about them. You know, you leave it with the county board so long, seeking to get in order. And if not, you know, the GA has got to come in here and say, why, why is it not working here? What's mm. what's going wrong? Because some of the stuff that, you know, went, went on there yesterday was, was crazy stuff. That was crazy. And Finian, you would have played Cork there a couple of weeks ago, down in Cork, and geez, you kicked a cricket score. Yeah, it's 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 not good to see. I suppose it's kind of reminiscent really here about like Galway and, and where we were, you know, you know, t- from 2010, 2011 to 2015, 16, kind of in a real transitional year, year period and, you know, bringing in players we lost, you know, Park Joyce had left and, you know, Michael Meehan was kind of gone and injured and we lost kind of the last of the, the, the All-Ireland winners or whatever and, and we found it very hard to kind of, you know, get get back to a level, you know. Um so 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 I I, I, I kind of feel their pain, but uh, no it's 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 a difficult period for Cork and as you say it could be a could be a five 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 year five year plan to really get it up and running. Obviously Hurland's a big thing in Cork. Cork's a huge county, mm. massive county with you know traditions in, in rugby, basketball, there's there's so much going on there as well. So um it's it's difficult it's difficult to watch and obviously Kerry, you know like Kerry are going to be playing Munster Championship this year. They're going to cruise through it, uh, which isn't good either. Like you know, it's it's it, it, it's not good. And if they play Cork and they hammer them, we're like, where are we then? You know, so it's um it's it, it's 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 very very difficult to see. And obviously, me the other tradition, but I agree with Eamon there. I think the GA need to look at these places like Antrim, Derry, you know, and really get in there and 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 help them out because we need these counties to to be to the fore to you know like. It can't just be all about certain certain parts of the country. It's got to be about you know like Cork need help and and they need it now. Well, yeah. the fact that they've laid the template with Dublin, so why stop with Dublin now? Why not just Big time, yeah. the successful mm. template? I may add with Dublin, get it out, and you know it's got to be tapered to to suit the different counties. But they've done the they've put the money in and they've they've done the commitment with with the capital, which I feel was needed. And you know I agree with, and it was so successful. It's created a, it's created a monster now. So let's do it in, in other counties now. Yeah, I think there's huge, right huge facilities in, in Cork as well. Just sorry, Darren. There's huge yeah. like facilities. Cork are like you know they've mallow, they've they've centres of excellence. They've got loads of really really good pitches, lights. They've got a, you know they've a lot more than we have in Galway. Certainly, you know, and and like they have all the facilities. Obviously, their hurlers now are really going big time and could be serious will be serious All-Ireland contenders this year. So, look, that's obviously tough as well because you've probably got a number of hurlers that could feature in the in the football panel as well. So, um, But they do, look, they're, they're a huge county and, and Cork football going well. 
obviously we saw when we were playing you know they, mm. they had brilliant teams from 2000 they were you know they won four leagues and all Ireland they were they were brilliant you know they had some brilliant brilliant players so hopefully they'll they'll get back because you need you need Cork football going well yeah I think so and look obviously I'm saying it from a selfish point of view with Kerry as well like but geez the Cork battles we used to have were unbelievable mm. the Munster finals were brilliant and the unfortunate thing at the moment and I think the worst thing for Cork football is when the hurlers do well but um, just while we're on it I want to give a special mention actually to Mickey Morn who seems to be calling time in his 40 year management career it was some some innings he had above an Ulster it was you know I, th- I think Mickey was involved with Donegal uh, just before I came on the scene mm. Um and I think just a long, long time ago. It was two thousand and two, <laughs> two thousand and two. Jeez, you're making me feel old now. <laughs> um, and the lads all speak so highly of him as a good person. Mm. Um, That's the standout for me of all the, be, yeah. the club players. Now he's been interv- they've been interviewed after they talk about what an amazing man he is. And you know, it's so it's so good when you see him walking Crow Park after what it meant to him, and you know that wee moment where he just went down and he kissed kissed the grass. That's he obviously just loves loves and breathes it, um, and you know it's. I would say he's saying he's com- he's stepping away, but you know when he when he has a passion like that, you just can't switch it off. He'll be involved in some club somewhere along the line. Yeah, I think so. Like you said, there when you have a passion for it, it's very hard to switch it off. But um, unfortunately, that's all we have time for in today's show. I want to thank my two guests, Eamon and Finian. Thank you very much for joining me on my first show. The Cheers, pressure was we on. We through that, no bother, did we? Not through it, I'm losing weight. We didn't say anything like the Gooch is a one-trick pony or two-trick pony or anything silly that's, like that, did we? That's next week. Thanks for tuning in. I was absolutely delighted to get the first show up and running. Join me next week where we'll be discussing all the latest GA action. See you then. You're listening to the GAA Hour with Darren O'Sullivan on Sports Joe. The final whistle is all over. Jim Gowan, Jason Sherlock embrace. Dublin are the history makers. Today, Sean Kavanagh, who is a brilliant footballer, but I'll tell you what, you can forget about Sean Kavanagh as far as he's a man. O'Sullivan, oh, that was absolutely brilliant. What about that for skill from Darren O'Sullivan? Kieran McCall, it's high, it's over! Will he ever get a more vital one than that? I know Joe done a person assassination of him this morning. It was not an assassination but of him. We, ha- we have to look, we have to look at the context. The transition talk, I think Joe Bradley told us the production line was finished in Kerry. Well, Joe Bradley, what do you think of that? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.